Hello, friend. As they said on the Truman Show, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever and however you're listening. I'm Michael Staley. I'll be your host, and this is the debut episode of the Doors Always Open podcast. Congratulations and thank you for being here. Now, you are probably wondering, what is this podcast about? (laughs) Well, my friends, my ultimate goal is to benefit you. The Doors Always Open podcast was created to shed some light on some recent controversies, make you think with an open mind, explore underrepresented people or groups, some common misconceptions, and if all else fails, I at least want to give you something to think about. The University of Pennsylvania says the benefits of open-mindedness are... Open-minded, cognitively complex people are most resistant to suggestion slash manipulation and less swayed by a singular event. Open-minded individuals are less prone to projection and are better able to predict others' behavior. Open-minded people tend to score better on general cognitive ability tests like the SAT or an IQ test. Thoughtcatalog.com suggests that being open-minded is the single most important quality you will ever have in your life. It's relaxing. With an open mind, you don't have to worry about your brain creating all these judgmental, biased thoughts. Like I said, my name is Michael Staley. I'd like to take this time to tell you a little bit about myself and my inspiration behind this show. I am 23 years old. I'm from Canton, North Carolina, and I'm an ordained minister. So if you if you want to call me reverend, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, the only reason why I did that, I don't really have a reason. I just thought it'd be something cool to have. And if I ever wanted to conduct a gay wedding, I'm the one to call. <laughs> I'm also a producer for another podcast in Asheville. Um, but I was born in Canton, North Carolina. Um, I lived there till I was about three and uh, my mother married my former stepdad, and so we had to relocate due to him being in the Air Force to a place known as Lodges Air Force Base. Uh, it's on the island of Tercera in uh, Portugal, a very small island. Um, and we were there for about four years. It was the probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, I don't have much memory of it because uh, I was very young at the time, but um, there's one specific memory that I just love telling people, and it was uh, that every Friday night, literally everyone in town would go to this little tiny restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, sadly, but... Um, it was this little tiny pizza place, and it had a dock that went out in the ocean. There's little metal slides, and you can get, climb up the slide and you know slide right into the ocean. But it was always full of jellyfish, so I don't know why someone would do that. But every Friday night, everyone in town would go to this little restaurant and watch Survivor together. It was a little pizza place, and everyone got pizza and just watched Survivor together, and it was the coolest thing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the only memory i have of that place uh other than my brother breaking his nose but uh that isn't you know not not really relevant (laughs) so we were there about four years and then we moved again to uh, a little place right outside of boston massachusetts called hanscom and it was another air force base we were there about six years that was a very troubling time for me i had never been up north um and had a lot of problems at school and stuff like that but um 
but I did get into some of the sports, like uh, got to be a Bruins fan. Uh, that's going to annoy some people, I know. But uh, got into hockey a little bit. And uh, if you didn't watch the Red Sox, what were you doing with your life? <laughs> and I was also like really used to being in the South to where um, – you know, you wave at random people you don't know and hold the door and say excuse me and stuff like that. Whereas in Boston, it's like, get out of the way, you know. So that was a big culture shock for me, I guess. And so we were about we were there for about six years. And then we moved to right outside of Charleston, South Carolina in Goose Creek. And, you know, it was actually as cool as that name sounds it was actually a really nice place i liked it there and we're there about four years again and the school system there in south carolina is so much different from north carolina and so eventually my mother and former stepdad uh got divorced obviously (laughs) and uh so we moved back here and so i was in eighth grade when that happened and so, like I said, the school system was completely different. Of In South Carolina, you're required to write in complete sentences and at least three paragraphs on each a little, little assignment question. If it's just asking one question, you have to write three paragraphs. So once I got back, we were talking about World War II in history class in eighth grade here. I was in uh, Canton Middle School. You know, people were finishing their entire worksheet in like four minutes. And I'm thinking... Uh, something's wrong here. Am I am I too slow or something? What, what's going on? And I eventually noticed that people were writing uh, four or five word answers, or not even in complete functional sentences. So that was a really big shock to me again. And uh, so it took me about a month to get used to, you know, stop writing all these big paragraphs because obviously that doesn't matter and I was running out of time every time so that was really weird um I was also going through like a change at home of uh uh my mother trying to find a place to work so we lived with my grandparents in Canton so it was uh my grandfather my grandmother uh my mom me and my two siblings and about five dogs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was not used to having three generations of uh, family in one household, so that was kind of strange, too. And this was about February when we moved back, so I only had a couple months left of uh, middle school, and that was perfectly fine with me because I was I was not liked that much in school, in middle school. Uh, so once high school came around, I was really excited for that. It was about the spring semester of freshman year when people st- really started to like me. I met a couple people from middle school that didn't really notice me or talk to me all that much, but uh, we became really good friends. And so, uh, you know, I'd sit with them at lunch or whatever, and we'd talk, and uh, it got to where they would just talk about um, playing FIFA all the time. And I was just disgusted of, you know, FIFA how could you like FIFA or how could you like soccer? You know, that's the most boring sport I've ever heard of. And I just let them have it every time they would talk about it. And I had this uh, teacher at one point that taught this, like, computer engineering with software and hardware and stuff like that. He was from Liverpool, England. Now I'm thinking, 
oh, I wish I would. I wish I knew him better, and I apologize for being so mean to him, and you know, wish I could connect with him now. And I see him every once in a while, and we'll we'll talk about soccer now. But at the time, I just hated soccer, and it was during I think it was 2014 World Cup uh, when we didn't have any uh, urgent assignments to do. He would sit there and put on World Cup games or talk about Liverpool, and I would just tune him out because I was so bored and just hated soccer and he uh, came up to me one time and said something about soccer and I said I don't understand how people like soccer because it to me it seems like something you would play in prison in prison shackles you know since you can't use your hands it's such a dumb sport and he was like well that's your opinion and I was like well it's the right one you know, I thought, and there's a little guy in the class that was just laughing at me saying that, and I was kind of annoyed by that too. You know, I am so sorry for that because, like, I was so ignorant at that time in my life, and I eventually started watching the UEFA Champions League. Started following, you know, every time it was on, it was always this team called Chelsea FC, and I was like, well, "What is this? What is this about? What is this Champions League?" And so I'd watch it, and I got into it, and, you know, it'd come on every two weeks or something, and got into this person called Diego Costa, and he was just the most, and he still plays now, and he's just the most violent, rude character in soccer, and I was like, yeah, teach those people how to play, you know, give it to them and all this stuff. And I had always uh, thought that there was no like real rules in soccer. There's no formations or positions. It was all just like you run around in circles, and finally someone scores. And you know, wow, there's one score for the entire game. Watching Diego Costa made me figure out how to how the rules actually work, <laughs> because he was always getting in trouble and you know poking people in the eyes or slapping people in the back of the head or something. So that's how I figured out. Oh well. There's offsides. Well, that's a foul. Um, that's a yellow card. That's a red card. You know, whatever. So I learned from him because, you know, he'd always just get in trouble. He was actually uh, Brazilian-born, but he claimed to be Spanish. He uh, started his professional career in Spain, and so that's why he thought he can get away with stuff like that is the refs are a lot more lenient in uh, Spain than they are in England. But I eventually just really got into soccer you know would watch premier league a lot and you know the champions league is actually what started it uh missed pretty much the world cup at that point so i was like you know what i'm gonna play fifa with my friends i don't know you know how any of that works but i'm gonna do it and so one day i just went ahead and played with them and uh i really did not like it at first and uh, I mean, I, st- I still don't now because <laughs> I'm very bad at it still, but I understand how it works. And I was just like amazed of how ignorant I was before. I I know all these nationalities now. And, you know, I used to be one of those people like, well, if you're not from the U.S., I don't like you. You know, everyone else is a threat to the country. But now I just really don't care i love everyone pretty much um but i know all these different nationalities if you give me pretty much any random country flag i can i can probably identify it um i know all all this random history and all these random facts about uh players that 
the common person would just be blown away by that I'd know something like that. I started going to my high school soccer games. I mean, I wasn't going to play, but I would watch just to under, try to understand the formations better or positions or whatever. You know, that was pretty cool. Uh, they were very bad as well, but it was fun to watch. I uh, became a referee, linesman uh, for AYSO, little youth league for kids under eight years old. And that was pretty cool. And then I graduated high school and went to Haywood Community College. Uh, and I was there for two years. Uh, the first year in the spring semester, um, there was a class I could take that would uh, go to Nicaragua in the spring semester or over the spring break. I did that and my I told my aunt about it and she was very urgent to leave the country as well so she took the class with me and so we both went to Nicaragua over spring break this was uh, 2016 that was the first time I was outside of the country as a adult that wasn't an ignorant person and actually cared about other people and and for those of you who don't know um, Nicaragua is the poorest country in Central America also the second poorest country in the whole Western Hemisphere so that was a massive change for me to go to it was 112 degrees every single day uh, at least but the humidity wasn't bad so you know you didn't really notice the temperature all that much but we stayed in Managua two nights and the rest of the time we were in uh, this city called Leon and it was just the trip of a lifetime. I think one U.S. dollar is uh, 33.55 Cordobas, which is the Nicaraguan uh, currency. If you took a shower, you had to take cold showers because there wasn't much hot water, and you really don't want to take a hot water shower if it's 112 degrees outside. Uh, if you use the bathroom... Uh, use toilet paper you can't flush it you have to throw it in a trash can so that was very interesting um a lot of people just didn't care about um recycling or throwing things away they would just kind of drop them in the street because it was already awful there was one gentleman that we met uh right in the middle of the city center in leon uh who had no legs it was just knee up and he was in a wheelchair sitting there selling these bracelets and so i was kind of curious and so we got to talk to him in spanish obviously he told us this story about how he was trying to get his family to cross the border into the u.s by you know via train and the rest of them make, made it and he was the last one to go and he fell asleep on the train and fell out and the train cut both of his legs off the police found him on the side of the tracks and brought him all the way back. And so he's just trying to raise enough money to get there back himself legally. So that was a really morbid story to hear, but it was, you know, the reality of it. And it really puts your mind into perspective. So ever since then, I've just been a culturally aware person, try not to be trying to be open-minded as possible, um, accepting. Uh, recently, I've been in touch with uh, Asheville City Soccer Club. They've been around three years as well. I've been following them massively. I'm going to be interning with them in the spring or summer, sorry. And uh, I went to 
a lot of their games this season and I'm I'm really good friends with a few of their players um, one of them his name is Hadinho Sar he goes to Mercyhurst College and he is from Senegal and he is Muslim and we're probably very good friends now and we damn each other on Instagram at least two or three times a week so that's really cool you know just to be in touch with someone like that and uh, another one is uh, Pedro Benito. He goes to uh, Garner Webb, which is a lot closer. And uh, he's from uh, Madrid. And again, we're best friends, and it's really cool. And Jamie Smith is from uh, Birmingham, England. And we're really good friends. And others from uh, Newcastle and stuff like that. So that's really cool. And But yeah, that's pretty much my story and how I got here now. I'd eventually like to have a soccer-specific episode just to go in more in-depth in the future uh, with a very special guest and friend of mine that I do the po- other podcast with. Uh, I think you guys would really enjoy meeting him. Um, I'm not much of a religious person, nor am I trying to sell anything. I'm just here to get you to think and hopefully find you something that you didn't initially connect with but are cu- really curious about. If you would like to learn about some more religions or that you haven't heard of or don't quite understand or don't know much about or uh, gender and sexual orientations or have any other suggestions of things that you're just generally curious about, uh, follow us on Twitter. You know, DM me or tweet at us at Doors Always Open. That's it for this episode, but don't worry, we'll be back. Remember, the door is always open. All you have to do is knock.